Cool. Hey, well, I think we're going to get started. Yeah. Hey, Mitch, this we is Andrew. Go. Un- unfortunately, I'm a Ute fan. I'm hoping we can still be friends. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we've noticed through social media and stuff that you've been on the sidelines watching the last two big BYU wins. Uh, we were just curious what that's like as a fan now as opposed to a player. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's unique. It's just so funny. Like, you, you, your blood gets pumping just like as if you were dressed in uniform, you know? Like, you almost feel like you're there until you look down and realize you're in a pair of shoes, not cleats. Um, <laughs> you're, 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 I, I even played with the guys, some of the guys, when I was a senior, they were freshmen, so it's fun to see some of the guys that were young and, you know, they weren't contributing at the time. They even redshirting, but I knew them. I knew they had a ton of potential to see them on the field now playing. Like, oh my gosh, man, I remember you when you were like 18 years old. And now, now you're like the still in the team. <laughs> so it's really fun to see those guys and cheer for them. And, you know, I, I've, I'm, I was an emotional player in terms of how excited I got. Um, and uh, I still feel the same things. So I'm on the sideline jumping around with the, with the guys. So it's fun. Yeah, I did notice on that one video of you in Tennessee, you started to go out on the field and you almost stopped like, like oh, wait, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, I, that's what I would have done if I was a player. I would have uh, I would have been on the field sprinting in the first mile out there with my teammates celebrating. So, uh, yeah, I, knew just, I, I had to look around real quick and say, crap, am I, I going to get us a flag? So I just want to be the fan. To see you on ESPN again, but for a different reason. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, so how but, much yeah, longer is this going little... on? What's that? I say, how much longer are you going to be on this? Are you on the sideline this Saturday as well? Oh, I'll be on the sideline this Saturday. I, I actually had a couple of the players text me and say, you're going to be on the sideline, right? Because <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's uh, some magic. Whenever I, that was the Tennessee game down there in the Southeast. We won an overtime. And then I was you know, here this weekend on the sideline. And then obviously it's just kind of like, you know, at Nebraska, and I caught the Hail Mary. There's something about when I'm on the sidelines for uh, or on the field for the last second of the game, some some good seems to happen. So I guess we got to continue that streak, huh? Oh yeah. Hey, well, let's just keep it going. We got to make sure you're at every game. Got that? Yeah, I know. Huh? Magic. Yeah. So I, they better. Yeah, they better give me some sideline passes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to Tom Holmo about that for you. Yeah, please do. Please do. <laughs> you know, talking about that Nebraska game. You know, as a BYU fan. Um, going to as many home games as possible and watching that on TV. That was just incredible. And then go, going the next week um, was the Boise State game at home where Jorgensen um, caught that last second. Uh, was that the most memorable catch for you? Or is there another catch or another player? Uh, no, the, yeah, the Nebraska Hail Mary was... Oh, sorry to cut you off. The Nebraska Hail Mary was for sure uh, the biggest play I ever had. Um, but it wasn't my biggest game or it wasn't, you know, anything like that. But I would say biggest stage, biggest play, yeah, there's no question. It was it was, it was number one for sure. I mean, I'm, when I was playing in the NFL, I mean, I was known as the Hail Mary guy. When I got there, I was like, oh, you're the Hail Mary guy, right? So like, it was obviously like the, it was like the hallmark moment, like the ice on the cake for my career. I definitely didn't want to hang my hat on it and try to, you know, progress and help my teammates have the same type of moments. And Mitch Jurgens did the following week. Um, and so that was really fun. We had a, we had a lot of excitement around the team those after those first couple of weeks. So that was really fun. It was a really good time. Yeah. I said, it's one of those ones that BYU fans will talk about forever. It's just, it's going to be on repeat. I talk about it almost every day when I'm out about someone will see me and they'll recognize me and they'll say something about the Hail Mary. It's every single day. <laughs> Does that get old? No, no, it's fun. It's really fun. <laughs> I mean, just to hear their reactions, I always say, how cool it was and watch it and always like what I was what they were doing and 
you up. I'll say, oh, I, I remember that play. The Hail Mary, man, that was awesome. I was in my living room and I was going crazy. They always like, they always seem to come back to how much they were celebrating when it happened and where they were. It's funny to hear them kind of regurgitate what was, you know, where they were and what was happening. It's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the joys of uh, the BYU fan base. Is it's really worldwide. I bet you had people in France, Germany, Africa, just all over the place watching that play. Well, yeah, they did like the, a little highlight of like where people watched it from and their reactions. There's people from all over the world that had seen it, so it was really fun to see and watch kind of the world come together for just a, a you know short moment. That's awesome. Very cool. So obviously, you've you've been a part of lots of big BYU moments. Uh, is that something you talk to current players about about how to handle those moments, things like that, or are you just there cheering for most of the part? Well, it's just funny. Like I, I've always been the type to you know, speak my mind and, 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 like, be close to a lot of my teammates. And I'll, I'll always give my two cents, you know, when I feel like it's necessary. The guys that I – on the team that I know. And, and I'll talk to guys like Moroni, who's a tight end, or Isaiah Kafusi or Micah Simon. And there's guys that I've played with. Um, and just tell them, like, look, if I was in your shoes, this is what I'd be doing. This is my mindset if I was you. Having, you know, gone and played at the next level, it, your, your eyes are really open to, to other – things and, and you you're, you think a lot bigger and you almost wish man I, oh, let me let me redo college and I'd be so much better knowing what I know now and playing against the players that I played against and now you know playing in the NFL so you always want to instill that mindset in younger people and it helps them out a lot so I always make sure I, I give my two cents when I end up going to the games it's just to end up you know it's just to watch and, and have fun with my wife and but somehow I always make my way down the sidelines with my arm, <laughs> arm around somebody and, and give them my, my opinion on something or try to pump them up a little bit but that's just because I, I love the game. I love being a part, a part of the, the team and around the players. So so that that sounds like a little bit like a coach to me. Is that something that you're looking for in the future? Or is that <laughs> just... <laughs> I, yeah, no, I love coaching. Love, I love leading. I love uh, teaching. I really, I really, really love those things. Those are my passions. But I don't, I don't know if, if coaching at the college level is in my sights anytime soon. Maybe when you're down the road, entrepreneurship and business goes really well, maybe maybe there'll be a time and a place for that. And cause I love coaching and, and, and that, but not at this moment. <laughs> There's not any plans uh, specifically. Okay. So one thing you admit, mentioned, Mitch, was um, some of the differences between NFL and college. What was some of the things that you noticed going from college, and even if it's BYU specific, to the NFL? You know, I think when I was in, in, in college, you play against a lot of great players and, and guys that you, that are going to play in the NFL, and, and you know that. They're, they're highly ranked already, and I played against Byron Jones, guarded me most of the game when I played against UConn. He's also a starting cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys. Jabril Peppers is a starting safety for the Cleveland Browns. I went up against those guys in college. You play very similar talent, right? And especially if you're if you're the receiver that's getting a lot of the passes, you're going to go up against their best corner, their best players, and and so you, you see a lot of great players in college. So I went to the jump is super, super crazy big. There's a huge talent difference. Because I played against some guys that are starters in the NFL. Then, you know, the following year, the rookie year. So right. the talent jump isn't crazy big. It's the consistency jump. Number one, number two, number three, and number four on the depth chart are all very, very good. So you can't take a playoff. You can't look and say, oh, this guy's a rookie. He's not going to be very good. But that guy was probably an All-American in college. That guy was probably just some sick athlete in college. So anyone that's there is good. And so you can't drop 
two balls in practice and expect to be on the even on the team the next day. Sometimes or you can't drop you know a couple balls or or have some mental errors and expect to be with that team long term. So you just have to be on your game because everyone behind you on the depth chart at your position uh, is really good, and everyone you're going up against is really good. So the consistency is a lot different. Everyone is good. Everyone is smart. Everyone can play football. That's the, the, the difference. Is that the margin of error is really small for NFL athletes. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so you you played for quite a few quarterbacks while you were at BYU. Um, as a as a receiver, how do you evaluate Zach Wilson? What he's done so far this year? He's a stud, man. I play with a lot of good good quarterbacks. I play with Tanner. I play with Taysom. I play with Christian Stewart. Um, those guys were studs too, and uh, had you know some great games for all of them. But man, those the this kid now he's a stud too. It's just it's just BYU. You're always gonna have a really good quarterback, highly recruited quarterback, and this guy can. He's like he almost reminds me of like a Johnny Manziel type, the way he can roll out and run, and and with his feet. I mean, he's not he couldn't. I don't think he's like a Taysom to go out there and run over guys or you know, he's 240 <laughs> yeah. pounds to do exactly what Taysom can do. But I think with his arm, he's he's like to, to me a comparison like a Johnny Manziel almost. A little bit shorter, can run really well, but man, that guy can stay in the pocket and he can throw. It, it's fun to see. Yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask you because the ESPN commentators made that same uh, comparison over and over again. I was curious, uh, having watched him live the last couple of weeks, if you made that same parallel. So yeah, it sounds I, like I, you did. The first guy I compared, the first guy I compared him to was like a Russell Wilson, which is the same thing to me. It's like a Johnny Manziel, a little bit shorter, yeah. really good getting out of the pocket, really slippery, but it's just got a cannon for an arm. It's really accurate, and his release is so fast, so he can. He sees someone open, he can just whip that thing in there. So it's, it's in my opinion, it's, it's a lot harder for him to get picked off because he has such a quick release that DBs have a hard time, you know, reacting and breaking on his ball. I know he's, he's gotten picked off a few times, but they've been kind of unfortunate and tipped and other things. But I think with his quick release um, and how smart he is, how mature he is at a young age, I think he's, he's going to be a very, very good quarterback and probably play at the next level. Let's hope his what next about- level is a little longer than Johnny Manziel's. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Yeah, I think his mindset's probably a little bit better, but uh, you know, I, I, I hope he can uh, just remain humble and, and, and ride this wave here and do great and win a lot of games. So, uh, Mitch, what about the receiving core? I noticed week one he targeted Bushman quite a bit. Receivers had a little issue getting open, but since then they've kind of stepped up. What are you seeing from them? Yeah, what, what's cool about them is they have there's not one receiver that gets 10 balls a game. It seems like they all get three or four passes a game. And so it's really hard to defend that when everyone's playing and everyone's good. And the next good thing about that is if you have one receiver that just gets the ball all the time, it's really easy to double team him and put him in cover two and, and, and kind of delete him off the, off the offense. Um, but it really seems like he spreads the ball around all the receivers. And so they kind of all have to step up. And so it's given them a lot of good experience. Um, and he, I think he had like 14 people catch a ball from him last game, some somewhere in there. But it was just nuts, uh, you know, how much he can just watch him spread the ball around. And I think that's good for them. And it's giving a lot of guys, younger guys, a lot of experience and letting younger guys catch a touchdown or catch a couple balls or make big plays on first down. That does wonders. It does a lot for them in the future. Uh, but in terms of the seniors, um, obviously, you want to get the ball as much as you can if you want to go play the next level. But if you're winning big games like this, it's hard to complain. You just want to win. And so he does a great job of spreading the ball around. And the receivers have stepped up and played well and made big plays in big moments. That's really all that matters. Yeah, somebody made the comment. Um, you know how Twitter is. So, um, but <laughs> yeah, somebody right. made the comment on Twitter that maybe Bushman isn't getting enough looks and, uh, 
it might it might hurt him for the next level. I personally don't think so. I think he's going to have enough looks throughout the season, um, and he's going to be able to show off a little bit in pro day. Uh, is that the same kind of thing that you, having been through that, um, sees for Bushman moving forward? Yeah, I mean, like, that really, really don't matter that much. When I was, when I, I went on draft with the Kansas City Chiefs, both guys that, that, that year, the same year, two receivers got drafted. Uh, Tyree Kill was one of them and Demarcus Robinson, and I was undrafted. Both of my stats, every single year that I played at BOU, were better than even their best years at, at the university they went to. And they got drafted, and I didn't. So it's not about necessarily about stats always. That, that helps you get noticed. That helps you have tape. That helps you get, get, you know, get noticed by scouts to say, okay, look, this guy's got great stats. Now let me go look at him as an athlete. So if he's a good enough athlete with, with the catch that he has on tape, he's okay. Trust me, he's okay. I think I think the Chiefs made a good decision on drafting Tyreek Hill, one of the best players in the NFL. Um, <laughs> right. Not based on him ever playing, even playing receiver. I, I think they did a good job. If they went based out, solely off stats, the, things would be a lot different. So as long as he's made great plays, has solid stats, played good against good teams, they look at him, run routes, how big he is, how athletic he is, it's not going to hurt him, I'd say. Obviously, if he's the high, I mean, if he's the athletic as he is, and he has the best staff in the country, you know, it would help him. But I don't think it'll hurt him by any means. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, you know, looking to this week's game, and then, um, like we promised, you don't want to chew up a lot of your time. We appreciate you taking the time to talk. Uh, looking at University of Washington coming in, they're pretty well rounded. Uh, uh, they're the defending Pac-12. Um, champions. Sorry, Andrew, that's not Utah. Um, <laughs> but what do you see BYU needing to do for the win? You know, you don't want, you don't really want to rely on uh, overtime wins anymore. That does, that's just, those, those don't always go in your favor, you know. But I, I think um, keep spreading the ball around. Uh, but and that's in the passing game. Keep spreading the ball around. Receivers need to step up and make plays. That's what always comes down to receivers. But give the freaking running back the ball. That guy is so good. Yeah. Just the ball more. <laughs> like, give him the ball 25 times, so 30 times every game. He's from the SEC. He's used to getting uh, beat up. He's used to getting the rock a lot. Give him the ball and and let him go. He's done really, really well. He's big. He's a different breed, and he's good. So give him the ball. And uh, I think they'll have a tough time stopping us, especially at Lavelle Edwards. I hope that people are watching him, other um, juniors or uh, seniors that are going to graduate and have that fifth year. I hope they're watching him that are playing second and third fiddle behind some amazing athletes in SEC or ACC country and do exactly what he did. Like, hey, I can go to BYU. I can get on TV and get an awesome degree. I, I hope it becomes a trend personally. Yeah, for sure. I think it's great. I think it's great to be able to – you know, it's good to be done. I think it's good to start a trend for, you know, the guys coming up and watching him do what he does. And yeah, hopefully, it's a good, hopefully it's a good spot to land for a great <laughs> Right. Real quick, Mitch, can I get your thoughts on the rivalry? I know I know it's full of hate, but that seems to come more from fans than it does from actual players. Do you, yeah. being a player, like, do you, you don't hate Utah, do you? No. I, it's funny, like, fans are way worse about it than players, 100%. Because when you see a player, like, obviously you want to beat the heck out of those guys. When you see a, play, when you see a player, uh, um, 
you know, succeeding and doing well, playing at the next level, like all those things go away. Like Isaac, Isaac Asiata, he played O-line there. I played with him in Miami. Him and I still text to this day. I texted him a couple of days ago. Me and actually one of the receivers from Utah, Kenneth, Kenneth Scott, uh, he was there all four years when I was there at Utah when I was at BYU. And him and I were, you know, were buddies off the field and we still talk to this day. And so it, it's, there's like a, res, a respect level there because we're both playing each other. We're both going through the grind. We're both getting our heads bashed in, right? Like it's a whole year and we're both trying to make it to the next level and play. So there's a respect level there before the, the quote unquote hatred, you know? So that comes first for players is respect each other and the grind they're going through and the, what you're going to do to your body and and the hard work you're putting in. And then obviously the rivalry comes in second. For fans, it's just rivalry, no respect. You know, and, and that's what makes the rivalry, that's what makes it fun. And I get that, and I, it's, it's, it's cool with me, but I, I talked to two Utah players this week, and they're good buddies of mine. So it, it's a, there's a respect level there first. And then after it's, after it's done, obviously, really, the only time you ever talk smack is during that week. Other times, you know, you're cheering for them to have success and be happy. And that's what it always seems like, you know, watching it on TV or even being there. It seems like as soon as as soon as that uh, whistle blows to end the game, you guys all are out there high-fiving and hugging. It's not like you're out there trying to put some boxing gloves on or something afterwards like some of the fans want to. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's insane what I have to read and the hatred that comes out is like, if you were to put on a helmet and play against these guys, you'd respect them for good. <laughs> and they, and they, respect, yeah. they respect you likewise. And I, I still message um, um, you know, some of their players this day that are still playing in the NFL for, for, for Utah. You respect them because they're good players. It's, just, it's, 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 uh, it's, um, it's, it's different being a fan and looking at it because all you do is come to the game and they go back to work and it's just a bunch of smack talk. But if you're a player, you respect the person first. And then, you know, it's the rivalry, in, in my opinion, um, next. And that's the way it should be. You should respect those guys and they should respect us. It's always a hard-fought battle. It comes down to a, a field goal off the post, a pick, a last-second play. It's, it comes down to something always. So it, it'll, it'll swing back. Uh, I mean, if you look at all the history of the nine games they've won in a row and respect to them, I mean, some of them are incredibly close, incredibly baffling how they've gone their way. And I think some of those will swing back BYU's way sometimes. And the game's all been, most of them, I, I can say, have been really close, but they have earned those wins. Right, I mean, flat out earned those wins that they've won and, and respect to them, and, and they have a good program and they're coached well. Yeah. And that's that's the whole premise of this podcast, you know. We grew up on uh, kind of different areas of, of the U.S., you know, Southern Cal and, and uh, Northern Washington and uh, different football teams, but the concept of, you know, besides the rivalry maybe for three hours, we can talk about right. each other's sports programs and still be friends right. at the end of the day. For so, sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, I, we took 20 minutes. That's kind of um, where we typically cut cut off just so we don't chew up a lot of your time and, and what have you. But we should appreciate you, man, and being patient with us getting this uh, put together. No problem at all, guys. Thanks for yeah, the mix up. Thanks for getting me on. It was fun. Not Thank you. Hey, we'll, we'll see you in Provo on Saturday. Yeah, that's right. We'll see you there. See you. Uh, take care.